Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly. Here's your hosts, Mark and John. Hey, welcome to Talking Metal. Mark Striegel here with John Astronomy. We are hanging out in Jersey City. We have a very special episode for you today. John has handpicked all this music that we're going to hear on this episode. Where are we hanging out, John, and what are we hearing? We are hanging out at VB3, a brand new place in Jersey City that has a bar that has this black lava in it over like this orange, weird looking, what's what, like holographic kind of a, a bar. And it's really nuts. And uh, you touch it and the liquid under the bar moves. It's, uh, it's really wild. Yeah, so it's, it's a very new place. Uh, it's a great restaurant and uh, like a pizza type place and uh, they have other food of course and um, I should be a food critic but anyway I got the uh, urge to listen to some 80s metal during the past week and I went on YouTube and I found a ton of cool stuff and some of the stuff that I found really brought back some great memories and the first song that I want to play for you guys is something that I first saw on a TV show called Rock Palace. Do you remember that, Mark? Oh, yeah. Love that show. Now, I used to live in a crazy area of Pennsylvania where we didn't actually have cable TV until, you know, around 1986 or so. So I could only get, you know, NBC, CBS, and ABC, and uh, maybe a couple other channels like Fuzzy, if you know what I mean. You young kids out there will not know what I mean, but... uh, Back in the day, if you had an antenna, sometimes TV channels wouldn't come in clearly. And forget HD, guys. This was like you were happy just to see some people with like a bunch of snow on the screen. (laughs) Right? Yeah, totally. totally. Hey, I used to watch scrambled porn. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just joking. That was a joke in case the the nice bartender heard heard me say that. But anyway. um. (laughs) So I'm just Mark's laughing at that one. That's a good one. No one it, under like thirty. No one under thirty-five knows what you're talking about. But I, I do. I definitely do because I did the same thing. Uh, yeah, you guys got to look that up. Let's do a talking metal toast. What are you drinking, Mark? Well, I had a beer earlier. I'm just drinking a soda right now. I got to go home and uh, care for my kids in about twenty minutes or so. So 
don't yeah. want uh, to get too tipsy. Usually what I do is uh, before 6 o'clock, I have a one-drink limit. And then, uh, you know, after, well, before, I should say before 8.30, I have a one-drink limit. And then uh, I put my kids to bed and then crack open the co- counter and uh, pour a couple ice cubes in a glass. And I've uh, been just going crazy with Makers recently, Makers Mark and... Uh, also have some very high, this uh, pus, pusser rum, uh, very high, high alcohol content rum. So uh, try to stay in control until the kids are in bed, and then I uh, just go a little crazy, have some drinks, get a little buzz on, watch Breaking Bad, you know, hang out with my wife, and uh, wake up with a headache the next day. That's usually how the routine goes. <laughs> Hey, that's, that frequently happens to me as well, And um, except I don't have the, the kids or the, the wife. But anyway... <laughs> But, uh, no, that's great, Mark. I think you're very responsible. I always thought that uh, I, I had one friend once, and I always said, no drinking with your kids because you could, just like Christopher on The Sopranos, he sat on that dog, you can sit on a kid. No, it's happened, believe it or not. Uh, and there was a lady, unfortunately, I think it was in Texas or something, who was recently uh, thrown in jail because, sadly, that exact thing just happened. Yeah, so... Uh, you definitely have to be careful. All you fathers and, uh, and mothers out there know what I'm talking about. We still like to party, but we just have to uh, uh, be responsible. Correct. Be responsible whether you have kids or not. You have to be responsible. No drinking and driving. We are anti-drinking and driving and anti-drinking with kids around. Correct. Okay. But, so anyway, guys, uh, back back to some seriousness. And I, I, I hope... Rock Palace. We got to get yeah. Yeah, Rock Palace was a great show, and this was the first time that I saw the guitar that is now called the King V. And what was really cool about this is that Robin Crosby, one of my favorite ever musicians who I did get to meet once, was nicknamed King, and that's how that guitar that's a historic classic Jackson guitar was named, the King V. Because that was a guitar made for Robin Crosby. And there's another guitar. What is the Explorer uh, version called? A Kelly. You know that guitar, the Kelly Jackson? Uh, not well. I've heard of it. But, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know well. The Kelly is basically like what, what they did to the V, to the King V. Like what, the, what They took a Gibson V and made it a little more Jackson and pointy. And that became the King V. Now, the Kelly, they took an Explorer and made it a little bit more pointy. Uh, it was called the Kelly, and uh, I believe that was named after the guitarist in Heathen. But I may be incorrect, guys. If you can look that up and email us at talkingmetal@yahoo.com, that would be great. But uh, I, that's my theory. I'm not 100 percent sure. But because Heathen were also on Rock Palace, right? I, the only bands I remember seeing on Rock Palace were Alcatraz, uh, Dio, and who else? Somebody else. Cool. Sabbath, yeah, yeah, with 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 Ian Gillen singing. Yeah, it was with Ian Gillen and Bev Bevan on drums, who I just thought was a great drummer, and uh, they did Zero the Hero on that, and I, I love that lineup um, with with Ian Gillen. One of the greatest it, people always ask me, "What's your your favorite interview you ever did?" Sometimes I forget about the audio interviews, and one of the greatest phone interviews I think we ever did was the Ian Gillen interview. Which was wild, because I was in L.A. at the time. You were in New York or New Jersey, and Ian I was in, like, London or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it was yeah, that was a good interview, and he was so cool, and I need to go back and re-listen to that. Guys, we have 380-some episodes posted. <clears throat> you could listen to 
more than one of these every day of the year, right? Yes. Yeah, you can you can start today. One. You could listen to at least one, and it'd last you like well over a year. Correct. If you're new to Talking Metal, you should just go back and listen to every episode that we have on our site. I think we took off some of the earlier ones, um, maybe the first sixty or something. But you can there's still enough for you to do it. So start at sixty one, and uh, go forward and. You will enjoy yourself because some of those early interviews we did were amazing. Yeah, I'd like to actually get back to the whole interview thing. Uh, things have been sidelined a bit, as I mentioned a couple episodes ago with the whole Bionic going under. Uh, but we will get back to doing some interviews. And right now we're just having a good time hanging out, playing some music for you, which is what this episode's about. Handpicked music by John Astronomy. What are we going to hear here? Okay, the first song we're going to hear is a song by Rat. And it's called The Morning After. And guys, hey, I thought Rat was one of the greatest bands and still is one of the greatest bands. When I, when I uh, applied to Berklee College of Music, I wrote down that my favorite bands were Kiss, Rat, Queensryche, and Twisted Sister. And, um, and, and that, that was the, the true facts at that point. And now some people might... You know what? I have a feeling that Rat gets a little bit of a bad rap and they're kind of lumped into like a glam thing but when you hear songs like The Morning After you're going to realize that, that they were I mean and no offense to the glam thing which I also love but they were they had some great tunes yeah Beatlesque harmonies at times and, and just amazing amazing hooks uh, and so many good s- stuff I mean like I, I was it, I was I was I liked Rat like for the first like three albums I was like totally into them or three albums plus the EP that is Lay It Down and then Dancing Undercover uh, Out of the Cellar and then there was of course the the EP before that uh, You Think You're Tough there were two versions of the EP there's one with the rat crawling up the, the leg with the, the fishnet stocking on then there was another one I think that was just You Think You're Tough EP which had a bonus track on it I can't remember but I loved those three records and then I kind of lost track of Rat for a little bit and returned to them later on in the in the 90s when they were put in like Way Cool Junior and what was the album after that which was really good I know Desmond Child was involved I recently was listening to it on Spotify but anyways throughout their career so many great great songs and great playing and above everything else great songwriting I swear to God, Mark, I was thinking of the same thing because when I was watching Rock Palace, I was thinking to myself, okay, there's all these bands, you know, playing the Sunset Strip, and what set any of them apart from the other ones? And you know what the answer that I thought of? Great songs. Yeah, so let's listen to some Rat right now on Talking Metal.
was The Morning After by Rat from Out of the Cellar. Came out in 1984. A great tune. One of my absolute favorite metal albums. And and it's important because when people think of Rat, we always think of Round and Round or Lay It Down. I, I love that you picked one kind of off the beaten path that's still such a great, great song. We're going to hear some more of John's hand-picked songs in a second. This tweet just recently came in actually to my personal tw- Twitter account, which is Striegel, twitter.com slash Striegel. We have an official Talking Metal one, which is twitter.com slash Talking Metal. But this one actually came into my personal one from Brad Greenspan, 42. And he says, just finished watching the pirate episode. By a long shot, it beats the Fuse show from a few years back. Far less fluff, more interviews, which I love. Live tunes were fun and solid playing. Kept my attention and interest. Generic comments, I know, but hard to do in 140 characters. It actually came in in two tweets, two direct tweets to me. Brad, thanks for the comments. Uh, I, I guess what you're saying is you enjoy that show better than the way the few shows were back uh, four, three, four years ago, five years ago at this point. Um, four years ago, I guess. Uh, so thanks, Brad. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the tweet. And guys, stay in touch with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Talking Metal. John, you're on Facebook, right? Yeah, I don't even know how you find me, but just search Astronomy. I'm probably the only Astronomy on there. Very good. Warrant was such a great band, uh, especially the stuff with Janie Lane. I remember seeing Warrant kind of, I, I guess I wouldn't say at a, at a low point in their career, but it definitely wasn't a high point. It was at a club way out in Long Island that I don't even remember the name. It was Slaughter, Warrant, and Vince Neil. And it was crazy. It was, a, it was just a drunken, crazy time by people in the audience and on stage. And uh, they, they, they were a lot of fun that night. Warrant. And we missed Janie Lane. Uh, what, what, a, what a great, great guy. And, and I met him that night and hung out a little bit with him that night because I was there as a guest of MTV News where I was working at the time. And uh, seemed like such a just a nice, decent guy. Yeah, I've had the the pleasure of meeting Janie numerous times and uh, interviewing him for Talking Metal. And Janie Lane, guys, is one of the best metal song, you know, his style of metal songwriters ever, in my opinion. Like, literally, if I had to name, like, the ten best songwriters that I like in heavy metal, Janie Lane would absolutely be on that list. And... You know, I'm so sad at what happened with him. and uh, But, you know, the, I'll tell you the truth, guys. On such a small level, like, I, I've, uh, you know, had ups and downs and ups and downs. And, and so does everybody else. And, and I can only imagine how hard it is for these guys that were, like, millionaires at one point, And then the next day, you know, your band's not on the top of the charts anymore. You know, it's kind of weird. Yeah, definitely but uh, a lot of great memories, and Janie left us with a lot of great music, some of which we're going to hear right now, or one of the songs uh, that he left us with. We're going to hear right now, again, handpicked by John Astronomy. All these songs are from the 1980s that John picked up, picked out, picked out for us today. So what are we hearing now, John? We are going to hear Down Boys. Now, I know that's like the, the hit single, but you know what? There's some parts of that that I just think are great. The, um, the chorus, the guitar playing in the chorus, the guitar part, I think is amazing. And initially, I wanted to play Uncle Tom's Cabin instead of this song, but 
that came out in the 90s, so I'm trying to keep this all 80s. And and I'll tell you the truth, man, I don't care if this was like a pop single or a pop metal single. It was a great tune, and I think it deserves recognition. It's great. just heard was warrant down boys is it where the down boys go or is it just called down boys the song's actually just called down boys but uh that's what they say where the down boys go and uh great great tune i first saw warrant at the channel in boston 
and they were opening for Paul Stanley on the uh, Paul Stanley solo tour in 1989. And then I, I saw Paul in Pittsburgh at a place called, I don't know, it was in the Strip District. That's what it was called. Anyways, uh, let's keep the music going here. How about a little Vinnie Vincent right now on Talking Metal? Let's check out the Vinnie Vincent Invasion. And then John's going to come back and tell us about this song that we're about to hear right now.
that was Invasion by the Vinnie Vincent Invasion from their debut album. And guys, say what you want about Vinnie Vincent. I think he's a great guitarist. And you know me. I work for Ace, and I still love Vinnie Vincent. Vinnie Vincent's a great musician. Uh, I've never met him, but our very own Mark Striegel has talked to Vinnie Vincent on the telephone. Yeah, back in the Chicago suburbs, there used to be a show called Real Precious Metal on one. Uh, I don't remember what this channel was. I was going to say 104.3, but I don't think that's right. Um, but it was an FM channel. It was on at night. Scott Loftus, a guy named Glenn the Phone Man, and Vinnie Vincent was in the studio there one night, and I called up, and I got to talk with him on air and off air. And I specifically asked him about the Creatures of the Night record uh, on air. And he claimed that Ace had nothing to do with that record, is what he told me. And he said he had played a lot of the guitar parts on it and had been involved in the production of it. And he said, he said to me, Ace had nothing to do with that record. John, is that true? You know what? Um... I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Ace is on that record. Um, His face is on it, obviously. And uh, the funny thing about that record is, in the '80s, they took off that picture and they put Bruce Kulick's picture on it, who also had nothing to do with that record. And then they went. Then, when it became clear to them that the Kiss makeup, you know, image was far cooler than the non-Kiss makeup image which they seemed to be mixed up about in the 80s for, for a while. They went back and, and reissued it with the original cover. Yeah, you know, that was like a, a crazy time for Kiss, and that was, uh, if you read in the book No Regrets, which I was uh, so privileged to be a co-writer of with, with Ace and Joe Layden, um, you can read about what was going on at that point, and... You know, um, I, I I truly would have to go back to my notes. I'm not sure uh, what what happened with the recording of that record, and um, I think it was a great record. And I know that Ace uh, participated in the I Love It Loud music video, and he went on a European promotional tour uh, with with Kiss for that record. And he's played on several uh, television shows where they played songs from Creatures in Europe. Were they actually playing or were they lip-syncing? They were probably lip-syncing at, at that point, I think. And, and I might even be slightly wrong on, on these facts, but I do believe that Ace went on a promotional tour of Europe for Creatures, and uh, that was a, a weird time for Kiss. And, you know, the stories are that, like, Kiss really wanted Ace to stay in the band, but at that point Ace really just wanted to leave. And, and uh, of course, in No Regrets, you will hear the story directly from Ace's mouth that he just needed to leave the band at that point and it didn't matter they were offering him you know millions and millions of dollars even Ace's lawyer said take the millions of dollars and then you can go to all the therapy you want after that but just get the millions first and he said nope I gotta go yeah interesting stuff Uh, and I, I too am a big fan of the Vinnie Vincent invasion stuff John what else do you have for us Okay, keeping with the KISS vibe, I want to play a song by the group Keel. Mark, you interviewed Ron Keel. And that was a great interview. That's another... We've done so many great interviews through the years. And yeah, I think that was a solo interview I did. And uh, Ron was, was so cool. And he knew all about Talking Metal. He knew both of us. And I, I believe, I don't know if it was on air or off air, you know, he even was asking me where you were. And 
And uh, that was just wild because he's somebody I've loved, you know, since the Steeler days. Yeah, absolutely. I knew Ron. Ron Keel was literally one of the first metal vocalists I ever heard of because, I mean, I was into metal, but back around like eighth or ninth grade or seventh grade, that's when I really started getting into real metal and and Steeler was out and Ingve was in the band and Ron Keel was the vocalist and all my cool friends were, were like totally into Ingve because they were all guitar players and and so I, I knew of Ron Kill at that point and for the the fact that Ron Kill knows who I am to me is like a big big deal and I always thought he was great and I think he uh, you know I don't think I know he was great because I love the tunes to this day and you know of course the great Gene Simmons would not just team up with anybody and uh, I want to play a tune from. The first Keel record, The Right to Rock, and I want to play the title track because I just love, love that tune. Cool. Now, just to clarify for the listeners, you mentioned Gene teaming up with Ron Keel. There's a blender going in the back or at a bar. Uh, Gene, of course, produced this record, uh, The Right to Rock record, when John wants to play the title track for you. And he produced the record and was also involved in some of the songwriting. Not all of it, but some of it. I don't know if he was the songwriter on this song. I, I was thinking he was not, or was he? I don't think he was involved in song, in the writing of Right to Rock, although I may be wrong on that. I have to Google that. It doesn't matter. It's a great song regardless. This is Keel with the Right to Rock.
was The Right to Rock, one of the greatest metal songs, in my opinion, from the 80s. One of the greatest ever metal songs. That was by Keel from The Right to Rock, produced by Gene Simmons. And I wanted to mention, Mark, that when I was out in L.A. doing the book tour, No Regrets book tour with Ace, I spoke to Mark Ferrari on the phone, and we were trying to hook up, but I think Mark was sick that day. And wasn't able to come down, but uh, very, very cool guy, and I hope that the next time I'm out in California, I'll get a chance to hook up with him. Cool. What else do you got for us, John? You got a couple more songs? I want to remind you guys to buy a T-shirt in the Talking Metal store on TalkingMetal.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. Go there and write a review for the Talking Metal podcast. What other 80s songs do you have for us today, John? I got a song from 1986, and this song lived on in the form of another song called Domino by Kiss, which was on Kiss Revenge, because it was the exact same, not the exact same riff, but a very, very similar riff, but the original tune was called Nasty Nasty by Black and Blue, and that was, of course, the band fronted by Jamie St. James, and the guitarist was Tommy Thayer, who is currently the guitarist in Kiss. Question for you before we play the song and uh, wrap it up, was Domino co-written by Tommy Thayer? You know what? That's that's a great question, and believe it or not, I don't know. I know Domino was a Gene song, for sure, and I know Gene was a co-writer of Nasty Nasty, which I would think that he was. So I'm think my impression was that was a Gene riff that Gene wrote back when he wrote Nasty Na- or co-wrote Nasty Nasty, and or maybe even Solo wrote that song. I'm not sure, and then used that same riff to write Domino. And did Gene produce Nasty this song too? Yes, yes, he did. The Gene produced the second Black and Blue record, right? The second Black and Blue, or yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm slightly confused because I know that Gene produced maybe one or two records with Black and Blue, but one hit song was produced by Jonathan Kane from Journey. Ah, okay, okay. And I think that was on the first Black and Blue. So anyway, uh, Nasty Nasty was a great tune. There was also another Black and Blue riff. And I don't think it was in that song, or however, it may have been, that resurfaced in a Kiss song later. And I, I was trying to do my homework before I came to this. And in the past, I would have completely known this. But my mind is so clouded by all the craziness that's going on in my life right now that uh, I don't have this for you. Guys, if you know what I'm talking about, email us. I am going to research this. And hopefully by the next episode of Talking Metal, I will be able to tell you what I'm thinking about, but there's this other riff that is not like a primary riff of a black and blue song, but it is kind of like maybe a bridge or something of a black and blue tune, and it's also in a Kiss song. So a, a yet a different riff. And maybe it's all in the same song, I don't know, but I'm going to research it. But anyway, listen to Nasty Nasty today on Talking Metal, and then go to your record collection or iTunes or whatever and listen to Domino. You don't even have to buy it, technically. You can go like listen to the first you know, 30 seconds or whatever on iTunes, and you will hear a reworked version of that Nasty Nasty riff on the song Domino. And, of course, Domino is the Kiss song. Cool. So this is Nasty Nasty by Black and Blue from, what, 86, John? Let me check. Uh, I think it's 1986. John's checking his notes. And is this the last song of the show? Yeah, the last okay. Song of the show. This is the last song of the show, 1986, Nasty Nasty by Black and Blue. That was pretty good, right? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, thanks.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.